It's awesome to be here together, eh? So um, we've been working through the, the gifts of the Spirit now for forever, which is awesome. Um, and last week we started on the gift of faith um, and we talked um, a little bit from, well, we just talked about what faith is, what the Bible says faith is, um, that it's not just a, like a trusting God thing, but it's a, an, a, a revelation that we're living by what he reveals to us of the unseen and it's a substance within us that we live from what we've seen, what he's revealed, and it's assured. It's, there's nothing that can move it because it's been built by God. The beautiful expectation that it brings because everything comes alive in Christ um, with that growing in us. And we looked a little bit at the parable of the barren fig tree, um, which was interesting. Um, and uh, just unpacked that a little bit. So if you want to hear a little bit more of that, just go, and you weren't there, just go back and have a listen. Um, talking about really landing in on f- this faith that moves mountains. Um, that, you know, why has he said faith moves mountains? Um, and what is, what, is he, what is he trying to show us? You know, and when you think of human beings in mountains probably for human beings on planet earth when you look at a mountain it's probably symbolic of the greatest thing that can't be moved yeah, and it's yeah. going to last forever yeah. um tis not so <laughs> um because he is from this other realm and he wants to open our the eyes of our spiritual understanding to see as he sees so Things that look like mountains on planet Earth and through the natural eyes are not immovable. And um, so we spent a little bit of time talking about that. We heard some really cool testimonies of the gift of faith working and various aspects of faith. And it's one of those kind of hard to define, it's this or it's that. And we're not really significantly wanting to cut things into little boxes and silos because there's um it's a little bit we were talking about this through the week it's a little bit like a body moving that muscles actually don't work without a vascular system and they're all so interlinked um and it's all christ so there's no point in really just trying to analyze things too much if we take our eyes off what he's Mm -hmm. trying to say which is he is calling us to live by faith. Mm, Righteous will live by faith. So um, that was really cool. So um, we're just going to start, having said that, we are are just going to touch on this, how would you, you know, what's a way of explaining the difference between the gift of faith and great faith. Great faith is something that we did touch on a bit last week, and we're going to go into that a little bit more this week as well. and you know what's the value of the gift of faith in edifying and building the body um so it's kind of two questions in one but kick off whoever wants to take one or both of those (laughs) (laughs) 
feel set up now. <laughs> um, I love it that you um, brought us into that, Sandra, because we did. We had discussions over that during the week, and and I and I love it that it's not a major. It's for me. I walked away and I was like, Are we talking about the gift of faith or faith in operation, which is something that we're called to live from? And so we've had some really healthy dialogue, which is fantastic. And you know, for me, what it comes down to is. Um, I feel like the gift is a, is a moment when the Holy Spirit turns up and almost overpowers you with this faith which is greater than what it is that you're living from, but regardless of whether we're moving in the gift or whether we're living from faith, we're all called to live from faith, right? And, and realistically, I'm not going to be separating it. I, I want to be found in faith. I want to allow this faith to be found in me so that I'm living from faith because without faith... It's impossible to please him, you know, and you read that and you go, man, if you're going to come to God, you, you have to believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. There's no, you, you, you can't take faith out of that equation. It's got to be a faith-filled approach. And, and so often, and I hope I'm not going off on a tangent, um, so often I feel like it's easy to go, I'm doing this thing for you God and you haven't done your bit and I'm sure we've all heard it and people have taken faith out of the equation the the faith statement for me is your God you're true every man's a liar including myself when I don't line up with what it is that you're saying <coughs> and I need to come into what it is that you're saying and my approach is that what you say is true and I have yet to see it sometimes um, and and I feel like where the gift turns up is when you've reached your end and you or, or you just can't hit that <laughs> you know and so he turns up and he he's like boom um which is fantastic um what was the question <laughs> not so magnificent now hey? that's a great answer oh, eh? <laughs> it just came out father's day <laughs> Woo. Are you talking about first question or second question, Chris? You, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the difference between, yep, and you hit that. That was awesome. You got something to add to that before we go on to the next part of the, the second question? Do you want to go straight into what's the value of the gift of faith in edifying, building the body? <laughs> so what, what happens when that gift is is being used in the body. What's going to happen? And what have you seen happen? All right, I have a passage for that. I'm going to read it out. This is just something that's been ticking away in my brain for the last week. And I said this morning that I've been reading Acts and I just can't get out of Acts at the moment. I'm like, this is the early church. This yeah. is... This is um, supposed to be us in our infancy, right? <laughs> um, anyway, it says that there was a, uh, this is when, um, I'll read it from verse uh, chapter 6 in Acts. It says, Now in those days when the number of disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. 
And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip, oh, why did I start reading these guys' names out? Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch. Uh, <laughs> that may or may not have been correct. <laughs> Confidence will take you a long way. Eh? <laughs> Whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. Then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. And I love this. I see these guys who have... They're living from faith. This is a, an example for us of what an, an early church who have been laid off, hold of by the Holy Spirit, who are living from faith, look like. So they go, our hearts are to serve, but practically it's not the right thing. Let's get some people that are able to do this while we give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. They're not going, we're going to pray a little bit spend some time doing our own stuff, they are like, this is the business. This is my father's business. I've been apprehended by this. I am going to, our, where we're at is to give ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And interestingly enough, it doesn't say that they did anything more about the ministry of the word like I would have defined it. They didn't go, they appointed these seven and then started preaching and then more people were added. It says they appointed seven, then the word of God spread. And that's all it says. And I'm like, hang on a minute. It doesn't sound like you really did the ministry of the word. But they, they were filled with faith and they lived accordingly. The rest is history. You know what I mean? It was it was their lives with a demonstration of what it was that they had been laid hold of for. I love that. And what I what I see is that they reorganized their lives. Yeah. Yep. To God's purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't and this is the thing that gets me because I'm like, who goes, I am so committed and I'll put my hand up, who is so apprehended by God that their desire is to give themselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. It's a big call. I've got some time for God, but continually? Do you know what I mean? They've seen something. This is what this is. And, and, and when I say this, it, it's, they're not talking about neglecting their families. They're not talking about neglecting stuff. If you hear that, then that's not what I'm saying because that's encapsulated in what the true meaning of the ministry of the word is. You know what I mean? And so I just go, man, these guys were, were apprehended. And you get a sense in that, that because they could see God's design, they actually knew how to administer it. Yes. So they're like, actually, this is a corporate design, so we don't have to do all those things. Yeah. Yeah. I can see how this works. I need to appoint some other people to do that stuff. Yeah. Here's my place. Yeah, that's right. So again, his design isn't man's way, which is there's more needs. I need to do more things. Yeah, yeah. Shouldn't you be running around and doing a lot of stuff and yeah. tired and yeah, you don't look really stressed or like you see the need here. They're like, yeah. we do. We just know how this thing operates. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And just more again on that, whether it's the gift of faith or faith being built in us, the response is innate. Like when you see it, then the response flows from the seeing. Yeah. So just thinking about 
a time, I wouldn't say I've seen the gift of faith operating in my life a whole heap, but one time when I know I have is when I was very new to the Lord, there's a couple of friends who I just knew that I would see baptised. They still haven't been, but I just knew that. And when I was mulling through the week, I was like, so what's the, the purpose of these gifts is for the common good, for the building of the body. Mm-hmm. So what was the response? Actually, the response was, I just treated them like my sisters. Yeah. So I just had this, this boldness to share with them that I didn't have innately at that point. Yeah. But that was the impact of the gift. And I didn't think because of this, until literally until this week, I didn't think because of this, this was the impact. It's innate and flows from the gift. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is why we don't need to unpick too much what exactly is it. Because yeah. if it's from God, it will do its thing. Yeah, yeah that's, that's cool. It is a living from what it is that you've received. So just while you're saying that, I, I remember um, in a, a testimony for us is that when, so when um, Khan, our first, boy, our first son was born, probably must have been a year and a half old, we discovered that he was allergic to peanuts. And we were like, oh man, what is this? Because he's nearly 16 now and 15 years ago, first time parents, we hadn't heard of anything to do with allergies and just it was totally off grid for us. Um, and this thing turned up and it was pretty serious and he had an EpiPen so that if he ate peanuts, he was going to have to have this jab in his leg, and it was, you know, pretty brutal. Um, And we just knew that God was going to take care of it. We were like, this is, there was a settledness in our hearts where we were like, and I even said it, this was what I used to say as a result of what I believed. I said, one day he's going to have peanuts, and he'll be okay, because that's what's going to happen. And to the point that he was baptized here in the rock, and in in the pool, or the baptism pool that we have there and when he and not many people know this but when he came up out of the water he had an allergy a a band like a silicon band around his wrist nut allergy he came up and it was broken it broke in the baptismal pool and we were like wow that is awesome you know next kept walking because it wasn't like it was awesome but it wasn't like life-changing because we'd already seen it you know what i mean and and we didn't give him, start giving him peanuts and that. We were like, no, actually, what we've said is true. That he's going to have it one of these days and he'll be free. And the doctor said to us, oh, no, they don't get free from that kind of thing. That's, you always got it. And, um, and sure enough, he was at a friend's place one day and this woman who was a, um, the mother of his friend who was really diligent in watching what he ate and everything gave him some peanut butter chocolate. And he ate it back, he knocked it back. And she tried to call us and we didn't answer the phone for some reason that day and I'm really good at answering my phone and she was beside herself and he was fine. And we were like, oh. And then a week later I gave him some satay chicken. And I'd never stuffed up, you know, I'd never made that mistake and I was like, oh, it's happened. He's just had it again. And what we did was we, we did our due diligence and we took him to get tested. We didn't just go, oh, well, God's done this thing, it's sorted. We took him to get tested and he previously had been a 16, I think it was, out of 20 on the scale, so really high. Came back from the testing again, zero. Oh, thank you. We were like, man, that's it, you know? And we're like, cool. And so he eats peanut butter now, but in our minds, it was already settled, you know? Yeah. So good. So good. So the testimony of the gift of faith, what has it just done? Right. Yeah, so it builds faith, builds expectation, 
it builds the possibility. Yeah. yeah? And it, that's just how this living organism called the body works. Mm. You know, that's, that, this, is, this is the lifeblood of Christ yeah. that, that flows through us. And we just walk together and hear and, and walk out and speak those things that he is, is doing. And it is life, yeah. isn't it? Life to each other. Yeah. It's so good. Thank you for that. That's brilliant. <laughs> so we, we talked a little a bit about um, great faith and um, we just wanted to kind of push in on the, the times that uh, it happens several times, but are two particular times that um, Jesus talked about people having great faith. And uh, one of them's in Matthew 15 and one's in Matthew 8. The Syrophoenician woman and the centurion. And both of them, interestingly, are not of the house of Israel. And both of them, he spoke such great faith, I'm seeing. And we just want to just talk a little bit about this great faith, which is actually an understanding of authority and identity. And when you think of the Syrophoenician woman, so the story goes that that she, I can't even remember what, it's daughter, I think, um, that needs a healing. And the Lord says, you know, um, I came for the, the lost tribes of, of Israel and 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 she comes back with, but even the dogs get the crumbs under the table. Mm-hmm. And when you think of the reality that we have been hearing, that he is the bread and substance and source of life. Mm-hmm. She knew that there was a table set. And if she could get just a crumb from the table, she knew that life was in what was on the table. And so it's that sight that said, if I can, I see it and it's for me. And I'm going to lay hold of that because I see it. Because the sight had obviously been given her by God. Um, So it's a, a powerful, powerful story. Have you got anything to add to? things that you've seen on that one? No, I think the main thing that strikes me out of those two stories is they make it really clear that faith comes from God. They were both completely unqualified, not of the right lineage to have this sight. And it's the same for us, right? It doesn't come through what we can learn or what we've known. It comes direct from spirit to spirit. The other thing that um, stands out to me about both of those stories is that it, it just has a real... Um, sense of rest about it they're not trying to conjure something up that they don't have (laughs) they're living from something that they do have so this reality that they've received inside them has demanded a response but their faith isn't in their response their faith is already settled in their heart and for me that just it speaks of rest because when you have it you're not trying to get it You've got it, and then works come as a result of that. Um, one of the ones that I was reading this week was 
the four men that were wanted to get their friend healed. You know, they were like, if we can get this guy on the bed to Jesus, he's going to be healed. They didn't even care about his faith. They, maybe he wasn't even party to that. Doesn't even matter. <laughs> Jesus was like, when he saw their faith, yeah. he's like, right. And so, they, for me, I just look at these guys and I go. They knew that if they could get her, their friend to Christ, he was going to be healed. So for them, it was just a matter of how. <laughs> They're like, you know, and, and I, would, I asked myself the question this week, how many people that were present in that place intellectually believed that Jesus had the capacity to heal? I would have said maybe most of them. It's, it's speculation on my part, but who stepped out from that? conviction and did something about it these guys did they were like man we've got a friend that's that needs something and we're breaking a roof to do it man if i've got some guests over and someone breaks the roof through there better be a good reason (laughs) you know because the rain's coming (laughs) but that's you know that's that living from and i just see it time and time again and he saw their faith there was it was no, he didn't see anyone else's faith necessarily in that room. I see you've got faith, but you're not doing anything about it. He was like, I see your faith. With the centurion, I, I just love the fact that he recognised authority. Yeah. And, and he understood the way of authority. You, you hear Stu Darling, he is an army man, just like this man was an army man, and he understands authority. And, you know, he was saying, I have people under, under me and I am under authority myself. Mm-hmm. I understand. But it's not just a, a mental understanding of an earthly way. Yeah. He recognised that there was something in the spirit happening. Yeah. So he recognised that, that Jesus had authority in the spiritual realm yeah. mm-hmm. and that he was, he just had to say a word. He didn't actually need to do anything. He realised that it was his word that brought the life um, because that's how he... Um, obviously, it was illuminated to him. That's all he had to do. Yeah. He didn't have to go and make someone do something. He just had to say, go do, go do this. Yeah. And it was done, you know? And again, it's this, this, this understanding and the... the Believing, when, when you know that the first work is to believe, it makes sense in, in the context of all this, doesn't it? Because yeah. if you don't believe who he is and who he says he is, how can you walk by faith? You know, that you're not, you, you can't. And you can't, you can't kind of half and half. It's, it, he is who he is, yeah. or he's not who he is. You know, there's no kind of middle road and I think that's, that's one of the things that the Lord's really shaking up is middle, middle kind of positions that are fabricated human positions that say, I can, I can be a Christian but not believe, but I'm not, I'm not a child of the devil. But that's not what it is in the Word. You know, you're either listening to the one who does it, who is out there saying he's not and he's trying to persuade you that he's not or you are in total and utter agreement to what Jesus has said and who he is um, and it's, it's a powerful position this 
that does it, it's not taking its cues from what it sees in the natural. It's, it's literally taking its cues from what we see in the spiritual. And um, a totally different. So it's, there's nothing passive. Did you notice that about those two stories? They both sought Jesus out. And um, it's, it, that, that passivity is not in the word. So it, it's, although it's painted up as an option, it's not an option. It's, this is just a man-made thing that um, pacifies our, our laziness sometimes mm. and our apathy. Um, but but the, the Lord loves us so much that he comes in and shows us who he is and arrests us from things that kill us, you know. So we, we just want to move on a little bit and um, talk about why is it so important that we live by faith, you know, because that is the marker, isn't it? You know, the right, my righteous ones will live by faith and... The whole we kind of know this in our head, but what why do we why is it so important that we live by faith? And just felt to remind us first how it is we live by faith. So we know faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. So at its most simple, living by faith is living listening to him. Yes. Not living listening we will be listening to something. There's always something going on in here, right? So it's about who are we listening to? That's what living by faith is. It's as simple as that. Um, And why is it so important that we live by faith? So living by faith is living according to the real reality, which is his reality. So again, put simply, if if we're not living according to that reality, we're missing the point, frankly. Because if this life is about coming to know him and being built together as one. If we're not listening to him, seeing through him and living that reality, then we're just living as earthlings, really. Well, not really. We are just living as earthlings. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly right. The straight and narrow is the path, isn't it? That's right. I remember... um, when he showed me, th- so we, we all probably remember that Hebrews 11, we talk about it, you know, the chapter about faith and the heroes of faith. And I remember when um, the Lord pulled me into that um, and th- there's a list, right? All these people and it's like a list to go through one after the other. And he, he pulled me into verse 3, which is the first thing on the list. And and he said that's significant, that this is the first thing that's on the list. <laughs> and chapter 3, uh, verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. So the worlds were prepared by the word of God. So as far as humans are concerned, the world is the beginning of human life that we see even though we were made and called and chosen 
before the foundations of the earth. Everything has been made through what he says. And as, as, as he was drawing me into that, it was, it was so clear. If I prepared the worlds that way, don't you think I'm going to prepare my bride that way? Same process. By speaking and us hearing what he's saying. And he's speaking of the unseen reality and he's causing that to be formed within us so that we walk around with the unseen reality now seen and now visible. That's the bridal preparation. Now that is totally off the radar of any human understanding. You can't do that. You can't attain it. You can't come into it through learning in your mind because where are you going to learn it from? If you are going to hear it from him, you've got to hear it from him. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. he, says, um, he says, every mountain will be brought low and every valley will be exalted. And he makes this level playing field where he says, not many mighty, not many wise come this way. It's not how smart you are that's going to earn you anything in the kingdom. It's not how rich you are. It's not what you're born into. It's not how good you are at a certain sport. He goes, I've made a level playing field that it's all dependent on your ability to let go of what you think you know and believe what it is that I've come with and who I am, what I'm saying. And so faith, which is beyond us naturally, is the currency of this, <laughs> this new kingdom, which is, and none of us are born seeing it or believing it. It's, it's foreign. It's right there and yet it's, you can't grab it. Unless he awakens himself within you, yeah. And I just love that. I go, man, he just made a level playing field. Help. Well, faith is going gonna, is gonna to be evidenced in in works isn't it so if it's faith that doesn't have an outworking it's i would say it's debatable as to whether it's real faith because faith of itself needs to be outworked it's like love needs an object of its affection and it's the same to me you know you go if if you believe something's going to come from it and he says that's why he says faith without works is dead so you're you're right warren it does say that um he says show me your faith without works and I'll show you my faith by my works. But the works themselves aren't faith. They're the demonstration of faith. They're the outworking of a reality that's been deposited in you, is what I was saying before. So in the, uh, in the testimonies we had, we, Joe just talked about that. God gave her the faith for those, those girls, but the outworking was the way she was treating them. You know, it's in the very simple things that um, you you now you see that. So you couldn't do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. That the the reality is that faith in itself has has the works in the word. It, it's English that does this dividey thing. Yeah. 
yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, the the it's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous in the kingdom to separate things like this. Mm. Um, and he he always pulls it into this one place that the the genuine will have a demonstration. The the thing that is lip service but the heart is far from or the form of godliness without any power that's seen by the lack of demonstration so yeah and there is you know while we're on the those kind of things there is the thing in um, 1 Corinthians 13 2 which um, talks about if you have faith to move mountains but no love you're nothing so that's not just a you know, a little faith, you know what I mean? So obviously the, the, the whole purpose is oneness with him, who is love, that he would express himself through you. And he's going to do it with all these things that he's given us and who, we, who he's building us with, but they're never to be separate from him, you know? So I, I see the, the importance so clearly in our bridal preparation that, um, that unless we are living by every word, like I was talking about this morning, how can we live by faith, you know? So it comes back to what are we listening to? Who, who are we listening to? And, and what are we... Are we feeding from what he has already written? Because all the prophetic pictures and the the scriptures have already declared who he is, what his will and purpose is, and who we are. And they're all there for us to receive by faith. (laughs) You know what I mean? And, and that is a process of asking and seeking and, and knocking that the Spirit would reveal it in us and build it in us. It's not going to happen when we're just sitting here watching TV for 20 hours a week. And, you know, we might go and talk to the Lord for maybe half an hour one day or something. You know what I mean? That You can't come into the things of God unless you rearrange your life like those guys would the priorities it's like if life is here then you need to adjust life your your daily life to go after the life um, which is so key yeah that, so that I just wanted to take a go from that a little bit and it, uh, you know we were talking this week about um, at the end of First uh, Corinthians 13 it says um pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts and I feel like um, one of the things that I, I've noticed is that we don't want to be because we don't want to be pursuing spiritual gifts we kind of take a step back and, and don't earnestly desire them, that's what I feel like happens and what I, what just this week as I, was, as I was preparing for tonight I just had a sense of asking the question what it looks like to earnestly desire something so who among us here knows what it looks like to earnestly desire something um, you know in a picture I just 
I wouldn't say this is the Holy Spirit, but I just had this picture of uh, someone running a race, like a marathon. Now you are pursuing the finish line. You might be pursuing your best time, but you're earnestly desiring water along that point. You know what I mean? And if water turns up, you are going to grab it. And we're not separating things out here. It says this about um, the gift, but whether we're talking about the gift of faith or faith that we are to live by, do we internally... Are we grabbing this? You know, we, um, it says that the violent will take this by force. And, you know, pre-service prayer last week, Greg said, release the inner fighter within you. There's nothing wrong with aggressively laying hold of the promises of God that are for you. And earnestly desiring these things looks like that. Because they're him. He's like, how can you truly be loving me if you don't love the things that are of me? You know what I mean? Now, we're not pursuing them. But my heart is hungry for them. I want them because they are, in their purest form, an extension of him to to be demonstrated and for us to be edified in his ways and to learn of him. And so just, just wanted to hit that a little bit and just go, what does it look like to earnestly desire the things that he's inviting us to earnestly desire? It's not a, not a want a little bit, let it turn up if it turns up. It's an earnestly desire. It's a pretty strong word. There's not many things that I would say in my life that I earnestly desire. Very good. So we're just going to go on to something something else now, but they just want to open it up to questions or thoughts that might have come up from you guys and just wait till someone shoves a, a um, microphone in your hand. Um, the scripture, and I'm not even sure where it is, but seeking first the kingdom of God, seeking first God and his righteousness, trusting in him, believing in him, rather than the things of the earth or things of the world, trusting in him for the outcome. So you're seeking him um, earnestly, first of all, and, um, and trusting in him for the outcome. So you're not earnestly seeking... Um, the things of the earth, the things of the successes of the of the world, which is earnestly desiring Him and His righteousness, listening to Him, walking in Him, and allowing Him to guide you in His ways and the outcome. Trusting in Him is the outcome. Is that a statement or a question? Well, it's it's a, it's a scripture, and I see how that's relevant to faith. Like it's really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I guess if I could maybe clarify what it was that I was just talking about before in terms of um, pursuing love and earnestly desiring spiritual gifts. For me, a pursuit is an active position and earnestly desiring is a heart position. So when he says seek first the kingdom, he's calling you to actively engage. But I'm, I, I guess what I'm asking and challenging is a heart position that is, is okay with being passive in the things of God versus just, you know, really earnestly hungering for them. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not encouraging anyone to 
whatever we might aggressively do to pursue gifts. I'm not. I'm not saying pursue gifts. I'm. I'm. Yeah. Yeah, so faith, I guess, is just one example of that. So for me, the, the, that little line at the end of uh, 1 Corinthians 13 is so key, where he says, pursue versus earnestly desire. Mm. And, you know, for me, God's, he really is about heart position as well as yeah. what comes out of us, you know, and you'll pursue based on your heart position anyway. And pursue love is actually pursuing a person. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. So seek first the kingdom of God, kingdom of God is actually pursuing him anyway. They're actually saying the same thing. Um, so it, it's, it's what's first. I th- I'm, we're hearing that. What's first? And, and what are we actively pursuing? And, you know, if we're actively pursuing him, where our lives are laid down for his will and his purpose. Yeah. That, that his kingdom would be established firstly in my heart yeah. and that, that it would be established everywhere that we are aligning our lives to what his will and purpose is. Yeah. And that is a very active, he's very active. <laughs> so he, he's, he's not, yeah, it, it is a very active position. This is what I'm hearing. Um, and it's, it's, just, it's just that that what are we pursuing, you know, and that's cool. And if you think about that order again, so pursue love, pursue him, actively desire the gifts. So the gifts build his body, which is his first place priority. Mm-hmm. So if you're pursuing him, you're not going to be actively desiring the gifts to make yourself look good. Yeah. You'll be actively desiring them as an outcome of understanding yeah. how important the maturing of his body yeah. is. Any other questions? More thoughts? Okay, we want to just um, just end on a particular action of faith, which is prayer. There are so many of these things that we've talked about um, when we talked about the 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 parable of the barren fig tree, it was about your praying. So it, when you pray, if you say to this mountain, you know, um, so to have, to, to pray is one of the works, isn't it, that, that, that is tied up with faith, that it, it's just an outpouring of um, of faith and um, we just want to have a look quickly at this cool thing um, in John 18 1 to 8 now he was telling them sorry it's Luke yeah I made a typo um, now he was telling them a parable to show them at all times they ought to pray and not to lose heart at all times they ought to pray and not to lose heart saying, in a certain city there was a judge who did not fear God and did not respect man. 
There was a widow in that city, and she kept coming to him, saying, Give me legal protection from my opponent. For a while he was unwilling, but afterward he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow bothers me, I will give her legal protection. Otherwise, by continually coming, she'll wear me out. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge said. Now, will not God bring about justice for his elect who cry to him day and night? And will he delay long over them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Gone very quiet. (laughs) So, what are you hearing? Um, well, there's a, there's a second one that I want to read that goes along with that, and I feel like it elaborates on it a little bit more as well. And it's um, it's uh, Luke 11. A friend comes at midnight. He says, "Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves? For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you." I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. These are promises. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? That to me is an elaboration on um, he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. I believe, God, that when I come to you, you are good. And faith, if you're not found in faith, you won't do that. If you don't have faith, why would you? You wouldn't bother because there's no, you, wouldn't, you don't believe it. You, you, you're not going to put your money where your mouth is, so to speak. You know? And it says in, um, I think it says in James, you know, he's talking about prayer and he says, Elijah was a man like us and yet he prayed that it wouldn't rain. And it didn't rain. You know, and we get these pictures of Elijah, this guy in the camel skin or whatever it is, and he's some superhuman. Nah, he just had faith. He believed and applied himself accordingly. That's it. That's the secret. (laughs) You see it in light of the eternal purpose. (laughs) Once he opens our eyes to the fact that there is a reward we're going to be seeking. Yeah. Not, not out of any selfish, even any temporal thing, but because we know 
that we've been set apart for a reason and that there is going to come a day when there's going to be a judgment for reward. It's a powerful thing. He is the rewarder of those that seek him. So these things are in the spirit there. They're transacted in the spirit and everything that is, is outworked in the natural, whether it be healings or anything like that, is always for this greater purpose to bring us into why are we here on the earth. Yeah? Yeah, it's almost like prayer in this context. So God shows us something that we see and then prayer is us agreeing back to him. So it's the, I don't really have words for it, but it's just a way of keeping ourselves anchored by staying in agreement with what it is that he's shown us. Okay, well we've got, we've got a few um, questions here um, for the table discussion that um, Rochelle has kindly put up. So if we just spend the next half an hour um, and just keep going after this and, um, and we'll probably finish about seven or whenever you want to go, that's, that's cool. But, um, excellent, thank you guys, well done.